This is episode 110 of Two Views Movies on It, Chapter 2. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are talking the follow-up to the 2017 It. We are talking It Chapter 2 today. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, we. I had to think about this for a minute. It's our second Stephen King episode of the year after Pet Cemetery. Yes. Both remakes. Yes, and I had to sit here and think about whether or not we covered the first It on the podcast, but it was 2017, so I think we we just missed on that one. Yeah, I don't remember talking about that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where I get confused, because I remember talking to you about the movie, but I just can't remember if I was talking to you with a microphone in front of my face about the movie. We, we did not send it into the world, no. <laughs> right, right. Um, so... It might help a little bit because I think we we did this before and we, we occasionally do this. What is your background with it? Yeah, and this is what we're going to leave it up to you to lead the charge as our Stephen King expert. I uh, I have no background with it beyond I saw the original two decades ago. And okay. that's, that's about it. And then I've seen pieces of it, uh, but it's such a long miniseries movie, yeah. however you want to categorize it, that uh, I, I've seen pieces of it but um and i haven't seen the uh the first one since theaters so oh, okay so I real was, rusty it, it's been been two years so gotcha so yeah okay. that's me so you you've read the books and, and yeah. all that fun stuff yeah so i decided um I, i've been on a pretty big stephen king kick over the last however many years but i decided to go ahead and read it right before the the first movie came out and then i also watched the miniseries right before the first it came out. So I kind of just went on a massive binge of covering all my ground before that. And then we rewatched the first it movie, not the miniseries, but you know, the 2017 version, we watched that I think last weekend. So, I mean, I was coming into it with, with everything kind of fresh in my mind. Um, I, I couldn't really remember a lot about the, older adult side of things um, as much because, you know, obviously the, the kid side was fresh in my mind from the 2017 version, but that started to come back to me as I watched the movie. So yeah, I, I'm going to have to probably talk a little bit about the book today, but I'm going to try not to as much because it's, 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 it's a very, very big book. It, it at one point was his biggest book, uh, at least in terms of page count. I don't know if that still holds true today, but there's a lot there. So I, I can, sympathize with a filmmaker who's trying to condense all of that down into something more digestible and we, we will get into whether that was accomplished or not yeah i will say that i would have benefited greatly by rewatching chapter one before this because it really took me a long time to determine who was who okay. uh, i know that they did the back and forth and i figured it all out um eventually but i was really having a hard time tracking even remembering what happened and, and normally don't have that problem uh, yeah. with movies. But for some reason it chapter one didn't stick with me all that well of all the things that happened in their relationships. Uh, right. So it, it, it could have used a rewatch before yeah. that. So that's on me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of expected this movie to come out and give you that quick one shot. So remember when, well, I mean, kind of. So it opens when they are younger because it opens back in the field when they're cutting each other's hands. But I kind of expected it to open with like a transition shot, which they save for the very end of the movie. And I thought they would do that towards the beginning to kind of reset everybody. Like, here's who each person is because it's been two years since we've we've all seen each other. And they didn't really do that. And I, if you pick it up over time, but I, I kind of felt like they should have done that. So I, I can sympathize with you a little bit. I was able to pick it up, I think a little bit quicker because I just watched it, but I kind of thought that that was a bad step on the filmmakers to not give you that. Here's who everybody is now that they're older kind of thing. But in their defense, it is called chapter two. So watch the first one, then watch the second one. So sure. Yes. I mean, theory, I think demanding a rewatch is a bit aggressive, but okay. 
But if you're watching them, if they're meant to be two chapters of the same book, then sure. I mean, I don't fault them for that. That's that's I I put that on me. Uh, I did not watch it before going in. I don't need. I think it, it's annoying to have an entire recap of the previous movie. Oh yeah, you, you definitely don't do that. I'm just talking like a quick transitional shot where you kind of morph from one to the other. I mean, kind of like what they did in the end, right? They they're staring at the window. And it, it goes from the older them to like the younger them in the reflection. Like just something like that to give you like, oh, okay, here's here's who everybody is. I kind of got it now. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, it would it would help me for sure. So I can't okay. say that no, that wasn't right to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, then, since we've already started diving into this, I'm going to run through our letterbox stuff. And I'm going to try and set a world record for uh, reading a cast because... I feel like I could be a jerk and just pick the famous people, but then that that's kind of shortchanging the people that maybe aren't as famous. So I, they might be listening. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, they put some effort into it. And then the way I talked, the way I talked myself into it was, I was like, well, what if we had a movie where like, you didn't really know anybody? How am I just going to pick and choose who to leave off and who to leave on? So, so from now on, we're going to read every cast member that's listed. (laughs) Just to make sure we don't leave anybody out. I at least tried to make sure I got, all of the adults with their kid versions and then uh pennywise after that i was kind of like i don't really care i just try to get everybody so um (laughs) without further ado here we go 27 years after overcoming the malevolent supernatural entity pennywise the former members of the losers club who have grown up and moved away from Derry are brought back together by a devastating phone call I have some issues with that as it relates to the book, but I'm going to go ahead and continue. Okay. Uh, directed by Andy Muschietti, I'm going to say. All I saw for him in his filmography was he did the 2017 It, and apparently he's tied to the potential 2021 Flash DC movie. I didn't know that, but that's okay. what Letterbox is telling me. Right. All right, here we go. For the cast, James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James Ranson, Jay Ryan, Isaiah Mustafa, Andy Bean, Bill Skarsgård, Xavier Dolan, Teach Grant, Jess Wexler, Will Beinbrink, Jaden Martell, Sophia Lillis, Finn Wolfhard, Jack Dylan Grazer, Jeremy Ray Taylor, Chosen Jacobs, and Wyatt Olaf. His name Chosen? Uh, yeah, but not spelled like Chosen from Karate Kid 2, but oh. sp- spelled like the word Chosen, but that's, I mean, close that, enough. That, I mean, that's that's kind of cool. I wonder if he was named <laughs> after Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, God, I would hope. I, I, if if I was going to have the name Chosen, that's the only way to go. If it's just because like you're like, if his middle name is One, like Chosen One Jacobs, then that's oh, no good. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> That'd <laughs> right. be really awful. <laughs> yep. Let's hope that's <laughs> not it. I didn't look it up. Right. Um, okay, so my issue with the blurb is... I believe, if memory serves me correctly, and I'm sure there's some hardcore Stephen King fans out there that'll call me to the carpet on this one if I'm not right, but I believe the way that the phone calls go down in the book is I think Mike knows that Stanley has killed himself as he starts to make the phone calls. So I think he tells everybody, but I could be wrong on that. Um, now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm double taking it, but I, I feel like the what threw me off there in the blurb is a devastating phone call. I guess you could argue that uh, Pennywise coming back is the piece that's devastating, but well, I felt like devastating the, to Stanley. Sure, yes. Now I, I did, I did like that because I, I, I wondered if they were going to do that, and they did, which is a pretty good component of the story. That you know, it had the it scrawled in blood on the. That's the only thing I remembered about Stanley from the book when he's older, obviously, because he kills himself, but he scrawls it in blood on that. And so I figured they would get that shot in there, and they did. That was good. On what? Because I did not see that. Oh, it's so it's not when he first kills himself. They flash back. I don't know if it's at the end when they're reading his letter or at some point they they just kind of cut to another. I don't know why. I can't remember either, but they cut to a shot of him in the bathtub from like the side and uh, in blood on the shower or bathtub wall. It says it written in. Oh, okay. I think I know the scene. I think that's when she was flashing back. If I've seen how you all die. Could be. Because I've seen that and it flashes to him in the tub. Okay. I, I didn't notice the it on the wall, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So my biggest problem with this movie is kind of twofold. One, it's obnoxiously long. Just stupid long. Agreed. What? Two hours and 15 minutes? Is that right? Yeah. Right. I mean, even to the point where I thought it was going to end three different times. I mean, it does that kind of thing. Like, oh, really? We now have to read the letter or oh, we got to go swimming now. I mean, there's a little bit of that. But the second act is insanely long. And I'm not sure it's all that 
uh, riveting, I guess is how I would say. Um, I liked the second act because, and what I mean by that, it's the pieces where all the people have to go around and get their tokens and they each have to reconfront Pennywise as as a part of their childhood. Like I like that because that's in the book and I think that's really good, but in a in the way it's presented in the movie, it just doesn't feel tied to anything or cohesive in any way. And I just feel like you end up thinking, I mean, you're just, you're kind of just trudging through like, okay, we've, we've done Richie and we've done Bill. Now we need to make sure that Beverly has her scene. You know, it's just, you feel like you're just kind of grinding through that middle section. And while I appreciate it for its ties to the book, I I just felt like it, it sunk the whole middle of the movie. I mean, it was, obnoxiously long uh especially when you consider this as part two of a movie and so uh, even the flashbacks to the kids i feel like could have been done in the same movie as the first one Mm -hmm. and i know that's how they did the first movie and i guess that's how the book is but it it's almost like they're reiterating the whole first movie with flashbacks yeah the the book bounces back and forth the whole time between kids and adults and I think where I'm going to, you know, put my flag in the ground is that I think they royally messed up trying to keep the first movie solely from the kid's perspective because I think it just creates too much of a disjointedness. I mean, you have people like yourself, which you're kind of trying to figure out who is who, and then you also create this gap where when you weave the two timelines together, you're kind of learning about... You know, I'll pick on Richie, for example. You're learning about how he was as a kid, but you're bouncing back and forth to where he is as an adult and then how those kind of influence him. Like he he was called trash mouth as a kid and was always running his mouth and cracking jokes and being dirty and he could do impressions or whatever. And then he parlays that into being a you know comedian who's really famous and stuff. And you know, his constant joking just keeps going. And I feel like, I mean, you clearly get that in the movie, but it you kind of lose sight of like how how that fed into each other, right? Like that continuum. It's like you left him when he was, you know, whatever age they were, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever they are. And then you pick him back up when he's 40 or whatever it is now. And you can fill in the gap, but in the books, because they weave the timelines together, you can really see how they become these older characters, these older versions of themselves. And in this one, I feel like it's just this cut and dry. And I didn't really care for how that happened. And I think that made those scenes where they're going back to these events that you didn't know happened, um, it made it just kind of feel pointless. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has no meaning when Bill... I mean, Bill's is different because the sewer, you get that. But like when Richie goes back to the video game thing and then he sits there uh, in front of the Paul Bunyan statue. I mean, you just kind of... Like, they flash back, but it just... I don't know. It just didn't gel for me. I think that's my big problem with this movie. None of it felt like it fit together nicely. So uh, on, and we'll stick with Richie um, because I don't feel like Richie as a kid and mind you, it's been two years had any sort of the same, the, the same struggle that he had when they flash back to him as a kid in, in this movie. Yeah. You know, I felt like it was like almost a completely different character. And I, and I could be wrong if they hinted at that in the first movie or he was like that, but I don't remember him struggling really with anything. Yeah. So basically what they did in this movie is, okay, so in the first movie, th- there's this big blow up and they all get mad at each other after Bill punches Richie and they all separate. And, and at that point, you know, they'd all kind of figured out that something was happening in the city. But when they split up, they basically make in the movie that that's when they each individually encounter Pennywise on their own. And then they come together, but they don't say that in the first movie, they just ignore that. And then they fill in the gaps in the second movie. So again, that's kind of my point is you then have to kind of relearn what happened to Richie and all the other kids back then as they each individually confronted Pennywise. And I just, one that lengthens the movie so much, but two, it it like it backloads everything. So in the first movie, you just care about what happens in the kids almost in real time, and you're, you're, some of these cards are kept from you. And then in the second movie, we're trying to go back and fill all that in so that what they're doing in their adult life now makes sense. And that bloats the movie and just doesn't give it a sense of continuity. So I get totally what you're saying, that that Richie just kind of seemed like a smartass in the whole first movie, but like he wasn't really bothered as much by any of this because you didn't get to see any of that. Like really... They all, the only one who seems overly bothered by a lot of it in the first movie is Bill. 
and the rest of them obviously have to fight Pennywise and they get, but it's not like you don't get to see their personal toil as much, I guess. Right. Agreed. I, that's the exact point that I was hoping to make. And I think it goes through each kid, but I was trying to think through as you were talking of who we saw. And I think Bill was the only one who, again, had that and a little bit of Beverly, you know, had that yeah. struggle at, as a character when, yep. when they were kids. Yeah, I just think... And Mike just got the short stick. I felt like we didn't get anything on Mike other than he was... He tricked them. Was there... Is there more more to Mike in the book that they didn't explore Uh, in the movie? Well, yeah. I mean, there's more to everybody. I mean, they they hint at it here that Mike is the only one that stayed back in Derry and he's the one that's been trying to research this his whole life and try to figure out what exactly is going on. And when the cycle comes back, he's the one that brings them back. So there is a little bit more to him than what they lead on in the movie. Um, Really, he's just kind of the conduit to get things going in the movie, whereas he's definitely... All the characters are deeper and better, and I hate to sound like the book guy, but I mean, that's just because you're getting a thousand pages worth of, you know, character buildup that you're just not going to get. Even in a three-hour movie, that's a part two to a two-hour and 15-minute movie. So, I get it. They have to try and do the best that they can, but Again, I'll just come back and say it. My problem with the movie isn't the individual pieces alone. Like, I like the scenes. I like the characters. I'm okay with how it's shot, some of the approaches they took. What I'm not okay with is that it's like, if you have all these pieces of the puzzle that you, they're very well-crafted pieces of the puzzle, but then you assemble them by, you know, doing whatever order you want and then pounding your fist on the puzzle piece to wedge it into another one. That's what I feel like happened with this movie. It just they didn't assemble it correctly. And I think part of that, if not all of it stems from the fact that they went with just kids in the first movie, instead of trying to, I would say maybe you should have started, you should have interwoven it and you probably should have considered maybe a three part movie, like a trilogy. Do you think that they could have gotten away with not flashing back at all in the second movie and just put more stuff in the first one? Um, like kind of put the kids struggle in the first one and then have it completely adults in the second one. Maybe mine may, I mean, of course you could have your little window scene if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe it's, it's hard to say now because you know, we're staring at what happened and, and trying to kind of reverse engineer it. And I'm not sure if you take the flashbacks and put them in, maybe that does the trick. I tend to lean towards the fact that I think they should have, interwoven it the whole time instead of trying to isolate it into kids and adults because I just feel like that forces too much of a gap between the younger kid version and the older kid version and who these characters are and I think if you if you splice them together you kind of get to feel that character growth whereas I think no matter what you do if you have kids and then adults you're going to feel like a sense of detachment from okay well what's happened to these guys in the last 27 years where as when you're blending it together I I think you don't really care as much does that does that make sense maybe I'm wrong on that well uh, I see see your point on that but if you're showing somebody in the future already and flashing back through the entire first movie doesn't it take a little bit away from the first encounter with with it that you know everybody's going to survive and everyone's going to be fine because you see them as an adult already that that's true i mean from people that haven't seen the movie i get it but i'm not sure that i'd have to think about that i guess my feeling is that i'm not sure this is the kind of movie where who survives is really the focal point, even though I get it. Nobody wants to know that somebody survives or doesn't survive. I mean, that's the fear factor, right? Is something's going to happen to them. You know, if you know, Oh, they're fine. Then it takes that scariness away because you're kind of, you're putting yourself in their shoes. And if you know, they're going to be fine, then sure. You know? Yeah. I get that aspect of it, but I guess I feel like, Yeah. I mean, I'm just going back to the book, and the book interweaves it, and I felt like it's a it's a good scary read in the book, even though you know that. I guess what I'm saying is, if you're interweaving it, then you're maybe not necessarily ending on the version where they beat Pennywise the first time. You you know what I mean? You might have to tell your story differently because it's. I don't think it's ever about will the kids survive. I think it's always been the long story about 
when will Pennywise ever be defeated? So in the book, you're you're playing the game at the 27 years later level, more looking back on what happened before, as opposed to this one where it tried to do it linearly, right? So I see your point, but I think if you change the way the, of the perspective and the narrative, then I don't, you're always more focused on are they going to survive as adults and are they going to survive as kids? I get what you're saying. I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say you agree or don't agree? I don't, but I get what you're saying. Okay. So while we're here, there is one thing that I did want to talk about. I forgot what you said that spurred this in my mind, but I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on the ritual. Um, well, I so I had to put myself in when this was written mindset of, uh, mm -hmm. I assumed, what, early 80s is when the book was written. Mm -hmm. And so it was not done to death at that point. You know, we had to do some ritual. I don't know. It, it was it was very cheesy mm -hmm. to me, and, and I and well, when it comes okay. to the ritual, it's also turned from supernatural to alien, and it's like, why is there a ritual right. for an alien? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Like, if if it came from space, right? I get it if it's all supernatural and it's a ghost or you know, demonic something, and then you have a ritual of how to get rid of it. Um, but if it came from space, I don't. I don't understand how that switched from a from a horror supernatural to a sci-fi. I still don't. So that, that part was all very <laughs> right. confusing for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, even in the book. So what what's funny is that Stephen King is in this movie. Yeah, the shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people joke about you know Bill Denbro grew up to be a writer, and they say all of his endings suck. And then Stephen King makes a joke about Bill's ending sucking, and that's actually a very common criticism of Stephen King's books, which I have for him too, which is that the endings are always kind of letdowns. And I think that this plays into it in the book as well as the movie is th that component always felt kind of clunky to me. Like he didn't know how to end it. And there's a, there's a ritual. It's different in the movie than the book. And it's been too long since I've read the book to really spill out what happens in the book. And I don't think the people listening care, but I 100% agree with you that everything about the ritual came off as crazy hokey to me like even things that are straight out of the book like the vision where you see the meteor coming down uh it, it just i don't know it didn't feel right and again i i, I never want to fault anybody for staying true to the source material but in this case like like thematically and tonally it just didn't feel right and then for the longest time i had the question in my head as i was watching this of well, wait, why are they following this ritual? Because it clearly didn't work because Pennywise is still around. Well, and wasn't that uh, kind of the point of Mike is that they did it wrong? This is the this was the how. Somehow they knew. I don't know how they knew, but th they knew how to do it. They just didn't believe hard enough. That was that was his take on it, but which I finally, you know, when they got to that point, I was like, oh, okay, that's the point he's making. But up until that point, I was like, well, if this ritual had worked way back when, why is nobody questioning this? <laughs> if this ritual had worked, we wouldn't be fighting Pennywise and it would already be dead. So why why are we doing this? But yes, they finally got to it. It was something like, yeah, basically they didn't believe. So they all died, which how the hell would Mike know that from whenever it happened? He saw it in his vision, on his vision quest. And he scratched <laughs> it off the, the container. <laughs> yeah, nobody the noticed the scratching scratches, on the yes. container at all. Yeah, I uh, I was not a fan of that. It didn't feel right for the movie, and I kind of wish they had gone a different direction. Now, I'm okay with, with Pennywise's origin of being basically a from-space, multi-dimensional thing, and basically he's not the only one. He's a race of a type of monster who feeds on fear, and it shows up in other Stephen King books because he has like a whole connected universe. But So that wasn't addressed at all? What? That he's a race of monsters that feeds on fear? I mean, we knew that he, he fed uh, on fear. That he's yeah. been there for millions of years. And for yeah. some reason, every but 27 you, years. And for yeah. some reason, I, and I don't know why. It's like it's like a cicada. Uh, yeah, they, um, they <laughs> do cicada. kind of allude to the... Yeah, they do allude to the fact that it, it used to not look like a clown. It kind of takes on whatever 
I mean, it, it even even in the movie, right? It takes on a mummy because that's what I think Ben was scared of, or a leper because that's what Eddie was scared of. So it takes on the form of whatever you know you're most scared of, basically. And then I guess by default, it thinks that. I mean, I think this worked a little bit better when it was set in the '50s versus the '80s, whereas like you know, so a clown could be kind of nice and scary at the same time. But now they're just scary. Yeah, now they're now everybody just knows just stay away right. from clowns, probably because of it. <laughs> right. But um they don't even in the book they don't address what Pennywise is. Um that's not until like some of the other books. Like it's basically the Dark Tower series where one of the guys in there encounters another form. So Stephen King never really comes full out and says that this is what Pennywise is. You just kind of piece it together because another one appears in another book. So you know that there's more than one of him. So I have another question. Yep. They know his name is Pennywise. Yep. Why do they keep calling him it? Um, I originally it's because in the book they didn't. I don't think if I remember right, I don't think he calls himself Pennywise. Or if he does, they they know it more as a kids as this thing that can transform because it takes on all these different forms. And I'm not sure that they're aware that it's all the same thing. Does that make sense? Or that if it is, it. it because it takes on so many different forms, they don't know. Like at one point, it, it's the form of a, I think, a werewolf, a mummy, a leper, uh, a clown, and I can't remember. There's a few other things, but that's why they call it it because it's more than just a clown. Okay, but they were calling it Pennywise in this, and then they kept going back to it. So that's yeah, just somebody. I'm not, not sure doing their homework. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, so they didn't. I would have appreciated them to go more into the background of Pennywise if that's the way you're going to do it. You know, if you're going to go with the sea crash from space, I'd like to know more of the background of all that. I think that would be interesting to make it make more sense to me. I mean, but would it have? I mean, what else do you want to know besides it came from outer space and has been feeding on fear under dairy for the last millions of years? So, why is it stuck there for millions of years? I don't know. Maybe it just wants to be. It likes its home. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I just none of that just fits for me at all. I'm okay with it because I mean I don't. I think some of the best monster movies, you know, you don't really need to know where they came from or where they are. It's like the xenomorph, right? Like you don't really you don't need to know the background of how the xenomorph came to be. You don't need to know where the predator came from. Like it just it just is. It came from here and it's which, which I'm things. fine with until you give a a bit of it. And then, and then once you open that door, you kind of want to see through it, you know, because also well, sure, oh, yeah, I crashed mean, here from, wait, they crashed here. So does that mean it's an alien? Well, explore that a little bit because this doesn't look like well, an alien. Sure. It doesn't act like an but alien. But did you, like I said, do you have the, when you watched Alien the first time, did you knock that movie because you didn't know exactly where the xenomorph came from? Or when you watched Predator, did you leave it thinking that it was an awesome movie? Or did you say, well, I'd like to really know more about why that just crashed in the jungle somewhere? But they're, they're aliens, and that's all there is to it. Well, that mm, I feel like you're oversimplifying because it's, it's uh, because it's you want to. The, it's in the title. <laughs> like, well, well, why? why I, mean, I don't, why do I don't care, care how the xenomorphs came to be. I just know that they are aliens. I know the predators are okay. aliens. And then once you start getting into the the latest predator movie, where you start trying to do some backstory and it ruins everything, I get your point on that because I agree. Because you, you feel like you have to explain why they have dreadlocks, which is stupid. You know, <laughs> sure. like okay, now that just ruins the dreadlocks for everybody. You know, and so I, I get that piece, but you can't. I just feel like this is so supernatural that it's more than an alien. And so if you're going to make it an alien, you need to talk about where it came from. Because it mm -hmm. doesn't fit in the I box of an alien, as people know it. Yeah, I mean, basically it can, you know, create visions. It can make people see what it wants because of the fear. So, I mean, that's sort of its special power instead of, you know, bleeding acid or, you know, having tools that can make it see in the infrared and stuff like that. So I, I guess I just feel like most monster movies do not go through the backstory of the monster. And this is no different. Like it tells you what it is, where it came from and what it can do and leaves it. It at does that. not say where it came from. Space. <laughs> well, that's no different than Alien or Predator. Like or Jaws, but, where, but, where, but where do Jaws you know come what, from? The ocean. <laughs> Jaws is a shark. Everybody knows what a shark is. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, do you, what do you need to know more about Pennywise other than why can why theater? can an alien be destroyed by some ritual of not believing? 
Like that that doesn't okay, make any okay. sense. Now that because you're combining supernatural with an alien, <laughs> and so obviously there needs to be some sort of explanation of what's going on here because it doesn't fit in either bucket. Sure. Okay. I will give you that. I, I was segmenting and, and siloing your your thought process off into like the origins of Pennywise. But if you're getting into why does the ritual work and that kind of stuff, I can I can te- definitely get behind that because I feel like that's part of the disjointedness as to why this ritual, who the hell even found out that this ritual could work, all that stuff. I, I get that. That needs better explanation. But I his origins, not so much. Okay. I'm I'm satisfied with that answer. <laughs> we got there. It took us a little <laughs> bit to to get there, but we, we finally yeah. got there. So, so as a movie, what what did you think, or could you separate yourself from from the book? Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think when you've read the book and you've seen another instance of this story being told, it's really hard to, you know, get yourself mentally into a place where you can kind of discard that stuff. So I don't think that's possible, first of all. But second, I think that it definitely does it a disservice, I think, to be so long. Because especially as somebody who knows that how this is going to play out, you know, I I know the end game and all this, then I, I need it to be riveting. I need it to be keep me invested and keep me going and, and, and feeling like I'm involved in the movie and not just a bystander. And unfortunately this movie made me feel like I was a bystander. Like I was just kind of watching going through the motions. I didn't really feel, I didn't honestly think it was overly scary. I didn't really think that I had a lot of connections to the characters in terms of like, I really feel for some of them and want them to win or not win. Even though I know the ending, like it just, it didn't get me invested enough to enjoy myself. And that made the runtime feel even longer. And I'm sure some of that is a byproduct of me knowing how this all plays out in multiple formats already. But I still think good filmmakers can take something that you know. Uh, This will harken back to our first man episode. I still think great filmmakers can take something that you know is going to happen, a true story that people are familiar with, and make it feel good. And and this didn't for me. So question for you when you mentioned the invested in the characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Does the book lead you to believe one way? Like, am I rooting for Bill to get with Beverly or Ben to get with Beverly? <laughs> like, is Bill an asshole for, you know, taking that, letting her believe that that was his poem? Like, because I didn't feel like McAvoy well, gave off any sort of, like, I mean, he still stutters, you know, and you're still basically the hero. But then also you wanted to root for Ben. And so you're like, how is right. this, how am I supposed to want this to, to work out here? Honestly. I that was one aspect of the movie that I couldn't remember about the book about how it ends because I truthfully was sitting there going crap I can't remember if she ends up with Bill or with Ben. I do think she ends up with Ben because you know they touched on this a little bit she has he's single, she has an abusive husband, but Bill is married to his actress wife and I think I don't know if they have the best relationship, but I I I don't think if I remember right, I think she ends up with Ben. Now, I, I don't know who you're supposed to root for. My guess is you kind of want to root for Ben because he was the fat kid who got good looking and got rich and everything like that. So I think that's kind of what you want them to to do. I will say, though, that I'm pretty sure in the first It, uh, like 2017 It, Bill tells Beverly he didn't write that. Because she she reads him like towards the end. She's like, she reads the poem. And he's like, what? I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. So I think she knows from the first movie that he didn't write that, but I don't think she realizes it was Ben until the end. Okay, so I'm going to come at this from two different angles. One from the Ben-Bill side of, yeah, you're rooting for Ben because he was fat kid. Now he's, you know, hot and rich, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, But from Beverly's standpoint, it's like, oh, now that he's hot and rich, you know, you go for that guy. Right. You know, and so it's like, well... You just kind of ditched him because, you know, now he's what you wanted him to be. And so you were right not to want him because <laughs> he was fat and, you know, like that. Like I, I was torn on that. Like I didn't I was I was happy yeah. for Ben, but I was not for Beverly, you know, I, I think. Yeah, I get it. I, I think you're supposed to want her to get with Ben because I think that the poem for her meant so much in terms of somebody seeing her for what she was. And I think part of the reason she liked Bill so much is she thought he wrote it. 
but then as she's older and realizes that it's Ben, I think that that kind of takes over. Interesting. So I want to go back because I, I need your thoughts on the whole ending confrontation ritual, whatever that happens in this. I never liked the ending of the book. I didn't like the ending of the miniseries where I think if I remember right, it turns into a giant spider and they start in the miniseries. I think they start punching it or whatever. I don't remember, but what were your thoughts on basically them like belittling Pennywise? Yeah. To if, death? if you bully them, then you win. You bully the bully. You bu- Well, was he a bully or is he just a bad guy? <laughs> I, well, so I, like, I think he's a bully. Like you need to hone your, your bullying skills. Right. You know, I, I do I think that's the best message? No. <laughs> and, and and is it and you I mean, you know me. I don't want to see the psychological way to win. I want to see them, you know, fight it out. Right. You know. Some manifest some sort of sword and shield and go to go to battle with it. You know, that, you know that, that that's that's kind of the, yeah. the ending that I look for. You know, right. So you like, like uh what is that which nightmare on Elm Street is that the Dream Warriors? You like that one? Where you can dream up your superpowers and go fight Freddy? Better than, you know, turn my back and say, you're not real. And so you right. can't hurt me. And then all yeah. of a sudden he can't hurt you. Right. You know, that's, that's lame to me. I don't yeah. want to see that in a movie. Yeah. Sure, in real ki- life, it's a good message. If you have yeah. kids that are worried about creatures in the closet, you tell them they don't exist and they lose their power. But right. That's, it's dumb in a movie form. Yep. I, I agree with you. I, I get the message. I know what it's going for. But in a movie, when they just start yelling 5,000 times that you're just a clown and that makes him small. Like, I mean, it was really groan inducing when they went from tactical of like, hey, let's get him to go through the little gateway. So he has to shrink himself down and then we can like basically choke him or kill him to like, well, there's more than one way to make somebody feel little. And then they start insulting him and he shrinks. I was just like, ooh, that is... That is not good. I get the message. I understand what you're going for. But when you've built up this hype of like the kids, now the adults taking on this multidimensional being that feeds on fear and can do all this and you belittle them to death, it's like, oh, God, that's just, ugh. So I understand the insult if you're calling, say, Antonio Brown a clown for his <laughs> antics this past week. Yeah. The, I don't understand it being an insult for you calling a clown a clown yeah he is a clown and they're saying you're just a clown (laughs) well yes that's the manifestation that i chose i you're right right. i am a clown i'm not feeling small now (laughs) yeah i think you know the the line results come on yeah the line is written to basically be like you're just a clown meaning that's all you are you're just trying to be this fake thing and you're not real to us other than you're just a clown so i yeah they again i don't like the attack i don't like the tactic and i don't like the lines that they gave to do it with so i i definitely was like man this this doesn't translate well either because like i said wasn't the biggest so far, I've seen how many versions of it now, and I, I, I'm never a fan of the way it ends. So somebody needs to come up with a better way to wrap this thing all up. Are they ripping out his heart and squishing it? Well, that was good. I mean, going full Temple of Doom, that's cool. But Did you, uh, Next time you watch it, or maybe you already n- noticed, but uh, McAvoy squishes uh-huh. the heart and then wipes his hand on Mike. No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I was like, wait, that was the hand that he squished the heart with, and now he's wiping his hand off on Mike's shoulder. That's funny. <laughs> that, that's what you get for lying to us to get us down here, Mike, and, and getting Eddie killed. That's what happens. You wipe the heart juice all over you. Heart juice, yes. <laughs> I believe it's called blood. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know. What, what, what do multidimensional true. beings have in their hearts? I don't know. True. Touche. <laughs> so I was told beforehand that the uh two of the kids were altered uh because they hit growth spurts um mike from stranger things who mm-hmm. played to confuse you who played richie richie yep right and so he was aged down and then uh one of the other ones i don't remember the other one was but he was the one that i noticed oh mm-hmm. the kid from shazam which one is he he was he's bill isn't he eddie Oh, no. Okay. Got you. Yeah, I got you. And so both of those, because they hit, I guess, growth spurts between filming, that they had to age them down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was looking for that. I didn't know how many they did. I just knew that they did have to do some. And I didn't didn't really notice. 
Uh, I did read some people online said it was awful, and I couldn't tell that they aged down these kids. I mean, shrunk them like a foot because Mike, you know, jumped in Stranger Things quite a bit. Right. And so, um, but in this, I didn't see anything that made me think that it was off if I didn't, if I wasn't already looking for it. And I still looked for it and didn't find it. I don't know. Did you notice the de-aging at all? I didn't until afterwards. So I kept thinking there was something weird about uh, Richie's face. So Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, because it looked really smooth, like uh, not painted, but I got I guess I didn't recognize it at the time, but now in hindsight, I realized that what I was noticing about his face was the de-aging. And I, I didn't think it was terrible. I just kept thinking like, wait, why does he look kind of like foggy? I can't quite describe it, but I wouldn't say it was terrible by any means because I clearly didn't like piece together what they were even doing there. I just felt like something was off. Um, and I definitely did not notice it about the kid from Shazam. So I, I'm in the camp with you where I was like, uh, you know, I, I kind of noticed a little something, but definitely I, I wouldn't put it in the, the, the terrible category. Yeah. So they, they put that in the budget. They knew that they were going to have to do that once, you know, these kids rolled in to set, you know, two years later, like, oh crap, you know, so they, they built that in. So I, I have to give them kudos for the de-aging on the kids. Mm-hmm. What I disliked greatly is the designs of all the monsters. They look like oh, car- yeah. They look like cartoons. Yeah. Yep. Like, like I agree this with you. It's been a very scary scene, except for the way that you did the creature. Yes. Like none of it, you could tell none of it was practical effects, and it looked overly CGI. Like it didn't fit even on the screen, right? In terms of, like you could clearly tell that the textures weren't right in what it was doing versus like the rest of the world around it. Yeah it it didn't it didn't work. Um, like the eyes like were bug eyed and looked very. Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. or um, what's her name? I want to say Mad Marge, but I said that last Large Marge. Large Marge. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I said that last time and I got chewed out. It's Large Marge. You know, like, I feel like that, like that's the, what I have in my head of what those look like. And yeah. I felt it took a lot of the scariness away where this could have been. I thought the way they did a lot of the, not so much the jump scares, but the but the fear in the kids would mm-hmm. have been a lot scarier had the creature development been on on point. I agree with you. The, the none of the creatures worked for me, and I, I hated that it didn't really. You didn't really get a sense of why it took on the form that it did for those kids. Uh, and I get it; you only have so much time. But that I'm going to beat my drum again. That I think that goes back to structure. And that maybe you needed more than two movies, but it makes those scenes feel a little bit more meaningful when you know why it took the form of a mummy for Ben or why it took the form of it was a werewolf for somebody else I can't remember or a leper for Eddie. Eddie's makes a little bit more sense because he's basically him and his mom are hypochondriac. So you get a diseased leper and they're chasing him. But to me, they didn't have like the resonance that they did in the book of why it chose to take on that form to go after each kid. Yeah, that would have been nice to know. But they're aliens, right. so you don't have to understand that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, running out of things to say. How about you? Yep, I- I've reached my limit on it. So let's let's get to our questions. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? What did you rate it and why? So I ended up giving it a three. Um, okay. I thought it was well done, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, you okay. are Ron Burgundy? Yeah, I know. So, I mean, it's I, I'm going to be contradictory a lot here. Uh, like, I thought it was a well-made movie, but obviously there's things in the script and the choices that I did not agree with. Um, I thought it would be a lot scarier, again, if the creature designs were, were better. Um and so it wasn't necessarily a scary movie. It mm-hmm. was just kind of a movie that was better than, than average, but way too long and uh, just kind of there. So it sounds like you were maybe on the line of two and a half and three as opposed to three and three and a half. Uh, that's fair. Okay. Well, uh, you, you might be a little surprised. Maybe you're not. I don't know. I, I'm going to come in lower than you. I'm at two oh. and a half. Okay. I thought you would have been at three and a half on this one. No, I, I don't know why. Well, I think with the first it... I think I gave it three and a half the first time. And then on my rewatch, I'm like, no, it's more of a three. And then with this one, when you just factor in 
it's just overly long. Uh, tonally, it's a little bit weird. Like I, I like a lot of the jokes, but sometimes they were just really weirdly timed. And I get it's because of the smart aleck nature of some of the characters, but I felt like you didn't get enough of the characters to know why they would just be cracking these jokes all the time. I, I totally agree with what you just said that it's not really a horror movie. It's more like a, I don't know, not not coming of age, but kind of coming of age, even though they're all adults, but it's like really trying to get over your fears as a kid, that kind of thing with horror elements in it. But I felt like all the scares were pretty much telegraphed. So I, I never had like the sense of dread or I don't know anything. like I, I never really felt a whole lot with this movie, whether it was about the characters, whether it was about the fear, whether it was about the violence, just, I don't know. I was kind of flatlined the whole movie. So that's where I landed on two and a half because to me, it's fine. I probably won't watch it again because I don't think it's worth almost three hours of my time to go back and revisit. So I, that's why I ended up just putting it two and a half. I mean, and to be honest, I think you need all five hours. I think you need to watch the first one before you watch the second one. I, I think you but should, but I think for committed. me, that's only, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I feel like if I do that, I feel like it's only just going to highlight more of the problems for me watching them close together, which I essentially did. I think I watched the first one on Sunday and then watched the other one on Saturday. So within a week of each other, fresh enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying if you're rewatching, that's a, that's a commitment and I don't think I want to. So that's why, why it's closer to a, a three. Gotcha. Okay. So what was your favorite part? I went back and forth on this. Um, I liked Bill Hader a lot in this movie. I, I think a lot of his jokes were really well done. Like he just busts out a random Jabba impression at one point when they're at the Chinese restaurant. Um, his long overdue joke about the, the in the library and then puking right afterwards I thought was funny. Um, I think he himself is funny. I just feel like you didn't get enough of a sense of his character to understand why he's just constantly cracking jokes. And I thought some of them were a little oddly placed, but I get that they're kind of supposed to be oddly placed. It just didn't work. So I shifted to another Bill Hader moment, which wasn't really funny, but it was one of the only times in the movie where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it's when he's yelling at Pennywise at the end when they're down in the, the cave or whatever. And then as he's yelling at him, Pennywise hits him with a deadlights and Bill Hader's body just kind of like sulks down and drops. And he gets the <laughs> white eyes. I, it just, I think his acting to like just go from one liners to just dead, you know, dead in the deadlights was, was a really great moment. It was one of the few times in the movie where I was like, that, okay, that's cool. Because you thought uh, that was a defining moment for him. You know, <laughs> right. and, then, and then they hit him with the deadlights, and he just drops like, "Oh, well, I guess not." <laughs> right there, he goes. <laughs> well, one thing I meant I wanted to mention uh, that I neglected to, and you mentioned some things that were just kind of misplaced as far mm-hmm. as humor, and you mentioned the uh, the overdue, uh, which I felt was funny but wildly out of place for the time mm-hmm. and what they were doing. But how about uh, when I'm going to get the the names wrong again? Uh, not Richie, when Eddie was in the basement choking out the the zombie. Yeah. And then the music hit. Yep, as the a, Deadpool music. Yeah, exactly. And I, as I immediately think of Deadpool. Like, that has no no place in this movie. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't I get totally why, why the, the angel music is, is coming when the blood is hitting him in the face. Because it's not like they do that throughout at all. It's one random weird scene. Yep. I I had totally forgotten about that, but as soon as it happened in the movie, I was like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Shouldn't we be feeling like ultra scared here and, and grossed out by the fact that he's getting like vomited on and, and you play this really uh, weird, not weird music, but it just it had like a dissonance to it. I'm like, I, I don't know what you were going for there, but I'm, I'm feeling like it didn't work. Oh, it definitely didn't work. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. So I, I did not did not like that scene, but... I did like, uh, I didn't really have a favorite scene, one that, that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, that's that's awesome. Uh, I did like it when they were all in the room together, but my mind was like, why wouldn't you bring up, hey, why are we all here first before you start <laughs> talking about what they're doing now? Yeah. You know? And so, again, I was still trying to picture who was who at the time. It's like, wait, which one are you? You know, which kid were you? You know, and I, cause I didn't have the names down, but uh, I did like, um, most of McAvoy's scenes. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't really have a specific because I didn't like much. Of it. I guess the uh, the scary doors. Yeah, uh, that was kind of good. Uh, I liked that, but I thought they did it too much with the Pomeranian. Yeah. 
Right. I agree. Yeah. And I, I'm with you too. I, I had to sit here and really think about, you know, we, we call it a favorite moment and I just had to, I was like, really? I, I, I don't, nothing really jumps out to me. So I had to just kind of force myself into picking one. Yeah. No, I, I think I like yours better than what I came up with. Yeah. So, and even then I'm kind of like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you get at a two and a half to three star movie. Right. Um, so my thing I would change, uh, I'm not going to belabor the point any more than I already have. Uh, structurally, it just wasn't right. Whether that's go to a trilogy, whether it's you should have not done it solely kid-based on the first one. Uh, you have some good parts and pieces here of the puzzle. Just assemble them in a more coherent and, and better fashion. So that, that's all I'm going to say about that one. But my change is I would have just kept it supernatural. Okay. And just remove the alien component whatsoever. Make it some mystical something. I mean, really just gets cut that line out that it came from out of space and mm-hmm. you're fine. But it, yeah. it, it takes a weird that and, you know, the the creatures make the creatures look better. Those are my. Two. Yeah. OK. I, I can remove the, the alien piece of it. And then from a movie making standpoint, make the creatures scary. Yeah, I can get behind that on both of those. Both. OK. Yep. Wow. Who's your character change? You know, I thought everybody did a pretty good job of acting. At least they were, I thought, um, uh, what do I want to say? Average, nominal. Like nobody I felt was terrible. So I had a little bit of trouble picking. Um, I did go with adult Mike because I felt like he was really stiff in some scenes. Like he wasn't bad. And I think he's supposed to be pretty straight laced. I mean, he's a librarian who's been in Derry for 20, you know, 30 years of his life or whatever. So I, I get it. But I just felt like that could have done more. And I, I kind of was wondering why they didn't go for more of an ensemble cast because you already have Bill Hader and Jessica Chastain and James McAvoy. But then you kind of, I mean, no offense, but you, you cast nobodies for almost everybody else, which surely you can get some people to come in and be like, oh, all right, I'll do this, you know, for whatever amount. So I got rid of Isaiah Mustafa, who played Mike Hanlon, and I just put in a guy who's who's kind of, you know, it right now. And I went with John David Washington. Okay. Yep. See, I, I, the whole time I kept wanting them to do something more with Mike. Mm-hmm. And, but I had the same thought of who is this guy? Why'd they cast him? And then it was like, well, they didn't really give him anything to do. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Like I thought if they would have had more of him, I would have, you know, swapped him out and put somebody better in there. Right. But, okay. So who'd you go with then? Did you not go with Mike? I did not go with Mike. I removed Jessica Chastain. No. I, so I know you. You're ridiculous. And so I removed her for the 100% reason because the person I'm replacing her, I have similar feelings about as I do Jessica Chastain. Okay. Because I think Sophia Lillis, the young Beverly, looks Mm -hmm. exactly like Amy Adams. And I think that was, I could see that. I feel like you put Amy Adams in that spot and she, like spitting image. And I couldn't help but think when they were going back and forth that they don't look like the same person. And so that was my, that was my swap out. I don't particularly like Amy Adams and I can't say I, I really like Jessica Chastain. They're both fine for me. You're wrong. Jessica Uh, Chastain is great. No. Um, so (laughs) put, uh, put Amy Adams in there and I still have the same feelings about the movie. It didn't upgrade the movie at all, but it matched with Sophia because I felt that was distracting. They don't look alike other than the red. Okay. Well, I was really down on your decision to take out Jessica Chastain, but I actually do see your point in Amy Adams, so I I will allow that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what award did you give this? Um, you Again, I, I'm going to give away what I, I've already said all movie, but I, I feel like it's the most unnecessarily long movie I've seen. Um, I, I don't know if it's ever, but in quite a long time. like It just simply did not need to be this long. Oh, and that's the award. Because I feel like there's yeah. a lot of unnecessarily long movies. Maybe, but like this is the first time where I was in the theater, like checking my watch all the time, and like five different times I thought they should start wrapping the movie up, and it's just I feel like in the end it was three hours long, and I'm like I don't I like like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was long, but I was okay with it. This was just was like God, come on, just let's just end this. We all know where it's going. Come on, get over with. So. I was just really, it did not need to be this long. It needed to be broken up differently. So I'm just repeating the same thing I've said before. You see, I, I think uh, Lord of the Rings with the nine endings is 
far more egregious than this was. Like I felt like it had a logical conclusion. I felt it was very long in the middle, but I didn't yeah. think it had the multiple endings of just ended already. Yeah. Like or the rings did. Hmm. Or even the no. Hobbit was a necessarily long trilogy. One, I didn't see those. Into three, you didn't see any of those? Not the Hobbits. No, I saw the original, but not those. Well, buckle up. There's <laughs> of one book. Yeah. Yeah. Small book. Okay. A book that, you know, elementary kids read. <laughs> then 10 hours of movies so what's your award then uh, i got a little bit more specific but basically the same idea oh okay i said the longest clown movie ever what i mean okay that's fine you can you can do that although i'm it, not entirely it, sure it was getting across the point that i too felt it was very long and <laughs> unnecessarily long but also yeah. uh, had to throw the clown in there to not get you know attacked uh, right I feel like that's so, I feel like you just went, like you went from doing all these ever awards that I questioned to now you're being so specific about being a clown movie that I can't win. I, you know? I, 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 I know. I, tease you and I, <laughs> I know. can't win. I feel like it loses its relevance. Like, okay, well, how many clown movies are there? I mean, There's it's technically going to be, right. It's technically going to be a true award and a valid award, but like, <laughs> at what point does it lose relevance? Because it's, uh, it's so specific. Well, I don't. But, okay. Again, a two and a half to three star movie deserves a an award they can really hang on to and, and tout. <laughs> okay. It's got the belt for longest clown movie. Right. Right. So far. So far through, through right. 2019. Uh, it could be, I don't know how long the Joker is. Is that three hours? Uh, I don't have, uh, probably not. Okay. Well, then there you go. It could, it could finish out 2019 as the reign of <laughs> champion. All right, last one. If you liked this movie, you would also like... So I went with Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay. You you hit on where I was trying to go in my head, I think. So I went with the... It had the adult version of mm -hmm. back to the same kind of storyline. And then you have the obviously comparisons. The obvious comparisons between Pennywise and, and Freddy. Uh, mm -hmm. the dreams and be more powerful than that. But I thought that was a better movie, uh, a scarier movie, but I, I liked the, the throwbacks to the younger side and then um, more updated. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I would say it's better. It's been a long time since I've seen Wes Craven's new nightmare, but I definitely, in my head, I was thinking, I know there's horror movies out there where, kids grow up and try to get revenge or you know come up and for stuff that happened to them in the past and that's definitely where my mind was going so now I, i'm with you I, on that. Mind you, i'm not saying the new the new nightmare in elm street i'm saying west craven's yeah. nightmare yeah when yeah she, when she, i know what you're talking about okay like okay. where it's it's like self-aware she knows she was in the movies or something like that i think is how that plays out yeah it it's weird to kind of put yourself in in that like right does she know like how, you know i don't understand yeah. yeah, it's where she plays the act, like she plays herself as the plays actress herself. who was in the movies. Correct. Yeah. And then okay. it comes after her as, so it's not really an older self, but it is an older self. Yeah, I think it's close enough. I, I got where you're going on that one. Okay, good. So I couldn't quite get there on horror movies, but I came up with something else. Uh, do you remember Sleepers? Yes. Okay, that, that's where. Okay, by the way. Uh huh. Yeah, that's where I went because I felt like. I was focused more because again, we said that this wasn't really a horror movie. It just had some kind of scary moments, but I felt like you're following a group of, in this case, boys who had something that wronged them when they were young. And now that they're older, there's the kind of like this, you know, again, come up and sort of vengeance that they're trying to get. And you follow them now as they're older and it's the same kind of group and you get to see where they're at now and how that affected them. And they're trying to, reconcile that now that they're older with what happened when they were younger so it's it's more about the themes of it as opposed to like the fact that it's a scary clown or it's a horror movie with gore it's more about you know the story and the themes is where i was going so is kevin bacon pennywise <laughs> yeah i mean kevin bacon probably could do a decent pennywise i bet he could yeah exactly so that's There's where i went things that kevin bacon you know can't do sure of course i mean he can dance he can play a lawyer who's good at softball and well, no, he's not good at softball. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he is not good at softball, but he's right. also not a very good lawyer because he lost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, is that it Which, for us on know, this one? You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to throw, throw you something here at the end of this episode. 
I think that's a perfect movie. Sleepers? Nope. Few oh, good men. few good men. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a very very good movie. It's as close to perfect as I think a movie can be. Yeah, I mean for what it is, yeah, I I, I don't know how to check my last rating. It's probably four and a half or five for me. So I'm you're not going to hear any complaints from me on that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Now I, I want to watch <laughs> that again. Okay. But, yeah. Well, speaking of older movies, our next episode is going to be a retro on The Crow. Yes. So. The crow. We will be doing that before we start getting into the Oscar season with Rambo, because everybody knows that Rambo is an Oscar caliber. Rambo movie. kicked off the Oscar season. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Not Ad Astra, Rambo. Rambo, yes. <laughs> so yeah, next week is The Crow from us. Uh, that's it for our episode on It Chapter 2. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at at Two Views Movies, or you can always email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. You can find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever we are out there. And that is it. We will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!